Hi, I'm Sherry Davis, Canada's Dogmaster, and the trainer of Rex on the hit TV series Hudson and Rex. This is How to Dog. <coughs> Each episode, someone like you calls in with a canine question. This week, we're looking at what you need to know about dog breeds. Hi, how to dog. Um, my name is Jess, um, and I'm from Toronto. The reason I'm calling is because uh, my partner and I have been thinking of getting a dog, and we're pretty taken with uh, Frenchies, the French Bulldogs. We like their little stocky bodies and their smoochy faces. <laughs> However, in my research, I've come upon a lot of information that uh, says that they have pretty bad health problems. I wanted to ask if this conundrum is founded and if they should even really exist as dogs, um, if this is the way that they've come to exist. Um, anyway, uh, thanks so much and excited for the show. Bye. Thanks for your question, Jess. Buying a dog isn't a decision that anybody should take lightly. During the pandemic, many people have bought dogs on a whim without properly considering how it may change their lives. So good to hear that you're doing your homework. Figuring out what breed of dog to buy is a challenging process. If you're planning to buy a purebred dog, then you have to look into the history of the breed and find out about the breeder that you intend to use. Similarly, if you plan to get a rescue dog or a dog from a humane society, there are lots of things to be mindful of. So stay tuned. There's lots of valuable information heading your way. This is How to Dog. Hi, everyone. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not meant to be professional advice. Always consult with an expert when taking care of your own French Bulldog, Neapolitan Mastiff, or Brussels Griffin. Over to you, Sherry. My first guest today knows a lot about what happens to rescue dogs and what rescue agencies are looking for in both the dogs that they take in and the people that they will approve for adoption of those dogs. Danny Dyes is the Intake and Adoption Manager for Coveted Canines, a Toronto-based dog rescue organization that focuses on dogs that are at high risk of being euthanized and those that have been neglected and abused. So I do a little bit of everything at this point in the rescue. I've had, uh, I've worn multiple hats within our rescue since it started about uh, five years ago. Um, so essentially right now I'm part of uh, picking which dogs come into our rescue. And I also help see these dogs through to their adoptions. So I get assigned a specific dog. From that point on, we have our fosters, um, write information for a bio. I put together that bio. We post it. We take in kind of as many applications as we need to, but we will only process three at a time. And from there, we, we will do meet and greets with the dogs and uh, their potential applicants. And from there, we kind of pick who would be best suited for that dog. So, I mean, in a sense, that's a really great aspect to the adoption because these dogs, you get to see them in a home environment prior to adopting them out. Yeah. So that's kind of one of the biggest hurdles with any dogs that come from a shelter because their personalities are not best displayed in a shelter setting. So having them come to a foster home first allows us to really see what they're like in a home setting. And that must allow you to see if they're good with men or kids or, you know, uh, if they 
it, it, they'd be more relaxed once they get into a foster home and then they would show their true colors, let's say. Yeah. So essentially, unless we have very young puppies, we don't have foster homes with children just because it is a liability. Um, but where we can kind of facilitate meet and greets in controlled environments, um, say, you know, on the street with a leash dog, and we've kind of seen how they interact and know what to look for, that gives us a sense of whether or not that dog would be kind of appropriate in a home with children. And typically it would be older children who have some experience with dogs prior to this, unless of course it is a small puppy, which can be molded with proper training. I want my listeners to know something because, you know, I, I assume our listeners, if you're listening, you're an animal lover and, and it's so important. Um, you know, I, I love the fact that you're helping the Ontario animals because in the Canadian shelters, animal shelters, every year there's more than 100,000 euthanized dogs and cats, which means we're euthanizing an animal every five minutes in Canada. And that is such a scary statistic to me. And without rescues like yourself, you know, that that number keeps going up and up and up. So I, I, you know, I plea with our listeners to donate some toys, donate uh, some canned food, donate whatever you can donate. It doesn't necessarily have to be money, correct? A hundred percent. Do you ever get people who fill out an application, let's say, and you think, wow, why would you want a border collie? You are not active. You are not a hiker. You are not out. It, you know, it, do you ever maybe look at applications and say to people, you know, really you should consider a different breed or a different type of dog? Mm -hmm. I, I find we have people who get very excited about the photos of a dog that don't necessarily read the bios that we post. And we put a ton of effort into very full, thorough bios. So, you know, recently I had a, a boxer mix that had a higher prey drive and we had somebody apply with cats, even though the bio said no cats and their kind of rectifying situation was that they could put up gates, which is just not something. So I have had to kind of let people know that that's not something I'm willing to put their animals or our animals through. Right. And there are specific breeds that have higher prey drives, right? So you have your um, beagle mixes or your pointers or your huskies and people kind of think, well, my animal, my cat, my bird, they know dogs and they're okay with it, but our dogs aren't. Yeah. And, and you know, that, that brings up a good point. I'm glad that you actually brought up those breeds, because a lot of people think that when you say a prey-driven dog right away, oh, they've got to be a bully or a pit bull or a bull terrier. They're going to be one of those, you know, aggressive dogs. And I've had a lot of those breeds and none of mine have been aggressive, you know? So do you, do you guys, um, like, are you prejudiced towards breeds or are you open to all breeds? We're open to all breeds. The BSL legislation makes things difficult because legally we're not able to adopt out pit bulls or any of those kind of fully mixed dogs that would be under the BSL Act, which is hard because it's so big. Yes. So that makes it harder for us. So we we try to, to help where we can, but there are certain rescues like bullies in need that 
can help those dogs in specific ways, or at the very least, try and facilitate out-of-province moves so that those dogs are safe. Thank you so very, very much. It was an absolute pleasure talking about this subject with you today, Danny. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Danny Dyes is the Intake and Adoption Manager for Coveted Canines, a Toronto-based dog rescue organization. I have had many, many rescues, all types of rescues. They've been tied out. They've been just in my yard when I wake up. But one that stands out, I had um, a company at my house. Actually, it was my cousin. And we were out in the yard. And all of a sudden, this dog comes flying over the fence. And I said to her, I'm like, did you get a dog? And she's like, no. And not only was it a dog, it was a Doberman. And we were like, "Uh uh-oh, here comes a Doberman, big, black, scary dog barking. And we heard a car wheeling away and we saw it taking off down the road. And I'm like, I think this dog just got dumped. Anyways, he ended up being the most amazing Doberman you could ever imagine. I used him in movies, in television, kids shows as an educational tool to tell people and show people that you shouldn't breed discriminate. He was the biggest, softest, cutest, teddiest dog you've ever met in your life. Many people, when they decide to get a dog, they have a specific breed in mind. Some of them want a big, strong German Shepherd, maybe perhaps a little lap dog. You need to know that there is much more to selecting a breed than simply looking up dogs online. Whether it be health, temperament, or other issues, I am joined by Dr. Matthew Crosscurry. He's a veterinarian at Oak Park Pet Hospital in Oakville, Ontario. And on top of that, Dr. Matt has been the vet for my own personal dogs for over 20 years. So we've had a caller call in and they love French Bulldogs. They think they're stocky and schmooshy faces and amazing little dogs. And in doing their research, they have found some stuff out online. You know, for every breed of dog, like with Goldens and Labs, we have Surf, we have Cancer. With German Shepherds, we have Hips. With Sharpays, we have Eyes. With Boxers, we have Cardiomyelopathy. Basset Hounds, we have Backs and Ear Problems. Doberman has Hearts. Daxies have Backs. Mastiffs have Elbow Dysplasia. The list goes on and on and on. And I'm really hoping that you can give us some insight um, about health problems with these schmooshy face dogs yeah that's a great question to share i mean we do see frenchies seem to be the dalmatian of the 80s you know they're there we're seeing more and more frenchies come in every day as you know 10 years ago we probably would have one new frenchie one or two frenchies a year coming into the practice and now we seem to have two or three a, a week so and and with that comes overbreeding and mismanagement of the of the breeding and and Unfortunately, with that, we're seeing, I think, a lot more problems than we've ever seen with the Frenchies. So we're seeing, like you said, in the, your phone-in uh, person indicated that, you know, they're getting allergies, they're getting orthopedic problems, they're getting, they have breathing problems, they have, you know, higher incidence potentially of certain things like epilepsy and brain tumors. But I think it can all factor back into just irresponsible breeding. I mean, the breed is, the smaller they get that face, the more difficulty they have breathing, the more difficulty they have breathing. We're suggesting that more less oxygen is getting into the brain potentially, which is maybe contributing to some of this epilepsy we're seeing. Um, we're also thinking that maybe it's potentially 
with the the more they're breeding for a little bit more of a smushed in face, a little bit smaller nose, a little bit more narrow nose, I think we're getting more problems with sucking in more air, more reflux. And I think it, it continues to come down to the, the whole purpose of what they're breeding for. Years ago, I think the Frenchie, you would know more than like how, how old is the Frenchie breed? The Frenchie breed would be like 80 years, uh, yeah. 80 years plus. Yeah. So I'd love to historically go back and see what that breed was like 20 years ago versus what has happened to it in the last five years. Because a lot of the things that we're seeing, I think, are very correctable. It's not that we want to do preventative surgical procedures, but the smaller they make these faces, the more narrow they make these noses. We have to we have to surgically uh, open up their airways, shorten their palates so that they get more oxygen in to try and limit some of these illnesses that they're, they're being more predisposed to. But everyone loves the Frenchie. You know, if the Frenchie's got a great personality. It's, it's such a lovable animal. It's got, you know, they've got personality traits that a lot of dogs don't have. Yeah, they do. Um, and they're active. They're active for a bulldog, for a bully breed. They, Athletic, yeah. Yeah. And they're small. But mm-hmm. it, once we get into the small stuff, it's like now you're seeing miniature border collies, miniature Australian shepherds, miniature. Once you start to miniaturize these dogs, you're playing with ailments to their health yeah you're 100 i never thought of it that way because we are the smaller they're making them and they are getting smaller over the years um the bigger our problems are especially with the airway disease yeah so you know it's i think it's more um you know humans that are actually causing the problems more so than the breed itself we are creating the breed to be smaller and schmushier faces. And in in doing so, we are causing these health problems with the dogs. You're right. That's an interesting concept, right? I mean, uh, that's the side you always take is the side of the dog. But you're right. Like where people are asking for designer, they want them even smaller. They want them even cuter. They want them to carry them around. In that process, breeders are doing that. In that process, I think we're getting bigger problems. Right. I've had many dogs. I've had over a hundred dogs and I did have French bulldogs. God bless them. They've passed and they took a piece of my heart with them as they all do when they leave. But my dogs bred naturally. They delivered naturally. They had great noses, great airways. But again, I think you have to come down to buyer beware and breeder education like as a buyer you've got to research your breeder you got to interview your breeder and you should be able to check out the dog's health and their bloodlines and find out if those parents are are healthy parents before you go out and buy these dogs 100 percent. and now the internet makes it a lot easier right like everyone's going to have negative reviews i've got negative reviews everyone's going to have you you can't please everybody but if you see an overwhelming trend towards people complaining about someone online or they have no reviews online i think that's a red flag especially in this day and age right Right. i would do your research yeah if somebody says should this breed really exist what would your opinion be I have to say that it has to exist. It's, it's such a it's such a great breed. It's been, like you said, the, you know, the history in the French Bulldog is long. And before the over the last, I think it's only in the last five or ten years that we're really seeing this increased incidence of problems. And like you said, it's maybe even essentially the fact that they're trying to design them smaller, or the fact that all these Kijiji breeders or pet brokers or uh, puppy mills are causing a bigger problem. Like no one's tracking them like you guys used to do. Where you know, do you get an allergy in the dog? Does the dog have epilepsy? Is there is the dog suffering with more heart disease or, or airway disease? Because you can selectively breed that out of the, the dog, and then you're you're back to big noses and short palates and a little bit longer nose or something. 
my hat goes off to you. I am so impressed and, you know, I can't sing your praises enough. I, I, and I thank you every day for taking care of all my kids. And you know what, you have saved so many of my kids' lives and uh, I'm for indebted to you for life. Thank you. Thanks, sir. Thanks, Matt. Dr. Matt Crosscarry is a veterinarian and the hospital director at Oak Park Pet Hospital in Oakville, Ontario. I'm sure you can tell I get a little emotional when I think about all that we've been through together and how many animals he has saved and helped over the years. You know what? I, I, I'm going to tell you a story. So um, a car comes down my driveway and the car is rocking, like is seriously rocking. And this girl uh, gets out and she she says to me, um, I, I've got a dog in the back. It's vicious. I can't I, I don't know what to do with it. So I went to the back and she said the vet won't even come and get it because they can't get it out of the car. So I'm like, yeah, no problem. So I go to the back of the car and honest to God, there's there's a St. Bernard and its head was like six times bigger than mine. It was the biggest St. Bernard I'd ever seen in my life. And the car is rocking and this dog is jumping up and down. And I'm like, okay, well, this is going to be interesting. Anyways, I get the dog out of the car and I I was just shocked at the body condition of this dog. I I was appalled. Anyways, when I look at the dog, the dog is skin and bones. and, And there was just something in the dog's eyes. I said, you know what? Leave me the dog here. Sign this waiver say that you're going to give me the dog. Okay. Yep. So I take the dog, I take it into my training center and I got a 40 pound bag of food and I opened up the food. The dog was starving to death. That's what the problem was. And I sat on my desk and the dog ate and ate and ate and ate and ate. And I, and I'm watching the dog, but it's having trouble eating and I couldn't figure out what is going on. Then I realized a muzzle had grown into this poor dog's mouth. So it couldn't even open its mouth big enough to eat properly I I was so devastated so I'm like that's it I'm gonna cut the muzzle out I'm gonna take this all and I'm gonna start you know trying to fix this dog's muzzle so I get the muzzle cut it all out the dog's still trying to bite me and oh my gosh it was a disaster went back to eating it starts puking everywhere because it's trying to eat the 40 pound bags of food I'm like don't worry I'm not gonna take your food it came running over attacked me a couple times until it absolutely exhausted itself And I left food down for this dog in the training hall. I wouldn't even put it away. I just left it in the training hall, sat at my desk. It took three days. That dog came over, laid its head on my lap, and never left me for the next 13 years. Love that dog. Oh, there's so many stories. Anyways, I'm not getting into it because I'll cry. Okay. Uh, So here we go. I'm Sherry Davis, Canada's Dog Master, and you're listening to How to Dog, the podcast that answers all your canine questions and guaranteed to make you cry every now and again. Hey guys, thanks for listening. This is the last episode of season one of How to Dog, but don't despair. We'll be back soon with a second season, so stay tuned and keep those questions coming. Don't forget, to give us a great review and please call us at 1-833-HOW-TO-DOG with your burning canine questions. How to Dog is hosted by Sherry Davis. Produced by Davin Langell and Carrie Hayden. Executive producers Christina Jennings, Scott Garvey, and Natalie Rodriguez. Editing and mixing by Adam Killick. 
Creative Consulting by Sherry Davis. Research by Nicole Saltz. How to Dog is a Shaftesbury podcast produced in association with Rogers Sports and Media Incorporated and part of the Frequency Podcast Network. You can find more great shows at FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com. Copyright 2021, Shaftesbury.